you, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. That's right, awesome people just like you. <laughs> like these people, typical tyrant. Chris M., Nicholas D., Nick Patrick, Jordan L., Algaron, Zoroshio, Clay HS, Matthew D., and Beef Squatch. Thank you so much. You can join them over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And if you haven't pre-ordered Saviors of Old Doom yet, it's not too late to get a great deal and support the show. Go to thehappyhearthstone.com, scroll down to the blog post, and you can see how. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of The Happy Hearthstone, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time, and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week I've got a bite-sized episode just for you. We're going to take some time to do a reflection on the Rise of Shadows meta in the Hearthstone universe, and more than anything, I wanted to be on your radar because there is a lot going on in the Hearthstone world, in the happy Hearthstone world, and so I'll be sure to update you on everything. I got a card of the week for you. I'll send you out, and uh, with all the blessings in the world as we wait with bated breath for Old Doom to be released. In fact, as this episode is dropping, it is just seven days away. Can you believe it? So uh, I hope that you are enjoying these final days. It always feels a little bit strange for me in a good anticipatory way. And I'm I'm always, uh, usually I will say like the two to three weeks before a set is released, I'm usually playing a lot less Hearthstone, but the week leading into it, I'm usually playing a lot more because I recognize we're never going to have this specific slice of meta back again. So no matter what has tired you or what has been your best friend during this, these times, uh, be sure that you enjoy it and take some time to uh, to just sort of capture it in your mind as far as the decks, the cards, and all that kind of stuff, because we won't get this back. So buckle in, I'm excited to be with you this week as we get ready for what's ahead. But before we get too far into what's happening, let me tell you why I'm happy today. Well, there's a lot coming up that I'm happy for. I'm really happy that last night my son finally slept long enough to only have one awakening through the night. Can I get an amen? All the parents in the podcasting world. Uh, yeah, it's a, you know, right after a baby is born, you have to wake him up every two to three hours to feed. And then that quickly, I think it's like a month in. Don't quote me on that. My wife knows for sure, but I, I'm not totally sure. Uh, you you end up letting them sleep as long as they can, and usually it's closer to like three or four hours, maybe. Closer to three, honestly. And uh, last night he only had one time that he woke up, so I'm, I'm feeling way better than I have because I actually got like six hours of sleep. I actually woke up at 6 a.m. because... He hadn't woken up and my daughter hadn't woken up and usually she does uh, just because she's a child who likes to wake up at 4 or 5 a.m., you know, for, for no reason. <laughs> and neither of them had, so I was kind of nervous for a second. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Good. So anyway, that was probably the highlight of the weekend, honestly, more than anything. Um, and... Some of you may remember that my wife and I got to go to Orlando together back in January because I had a work trip that happened. Well, it turns out her side of the family is actually going to be traveling to Orlando just for a family retreat, essentially, uh, just her uh, her blood relatives. And so uh, they're going to Orlando and we're going to join them you know, with the kiddos and everything. So this is a 
crazy year where our family will have been to Disney World twice in a year, which is uh, kind of absurd because I hadn't been since like, I don't know, fifth grade or something before this year. So uh, the big the big headliner for that, though, is that my my three year old daughter is going to get to go for the very first time. So we're uh, we're just planning out everything for that. And honestly, it's really exciting. And one of the big things we realized is we needed to introduce her to a lot of the classic Disney movies. So Thank you so much to the public library system for allowing us to borrow your awesome old school Blu-rays for free rather than purchasing every single one. Uh, So far, we've made it through The Little Mermaid and we have Peter Pan right now and she is loving the old school stuff just as much as she likes the new stuff. So... Um, so that's been a lot of fun, and we're, we'll introduce her slowly to the uh, the movies that are necessary for the full Magic Kingdom experience. So she's already got Winnie the Pooh down, so she's going to be good with that. And uh, yeah, so we pretty much talk about that every day because it's going to be a lot of fun when that happens. So those are big things why I'm happy in my personal life. But let's talk about the news and talk about why I know all of you are so psyched, which is Saviors of Old Doom is finally coming. We've been having... Uh, you know, reveal after reveal, and I don't know about you all, but this past weekend where we got zero cards on Saturday, Sunday, I know that was the plan, but boy, was it hard for me. (laughs) Uh, We get spoiled, don't we? Uh, Let's be real. But then when they come back, when I wake up like this morning as I'm recording this, there were, let's see, four, there were eight cards that had been revealed overnight, so it just feels like overload. And then uh, we're basically getting none today, so that's kind of a bummer. But anyway... I'll I'll share a couple of cards that I was excited about from these reveals with you. Just as a reminder, I wait until all of the cards have been revealed and then hang out with my dear friend Wicked Good for uh, just absurd amounts of time (laughs) where we talk about every single card in full detail, give them a, a review as wholeheartedly as we feel like we can knowing the entire set. And we will be recording this week and I've got more info to share with you about that that's very, very exciting in just a moment. But let's just talk about a couple of these cards really quickly quickly. So one of them is a new rogue common card. It's called Pharaoh Cat, one mana, one two beast, and it reads Battle Cry, add a random reborn minion to your hand. Now I looked at this and it's like, okay, you can never look past a one or zero mana card for rogue because this is a combo enabler just on its own, right? What's interesting to me is thinking about this as a one mana, one two that adds a minion to your hand is there's another uh, minion called Town Crier that does that, and it has been extremely powerful in Control Warrior builds. Now, this being a random minion is a little bit uh, less good. In fact, it's probably a lot a bit less good. But um, being able to combo this later in the game is nice, and getting it to refresh and and basically uh, replace itself with something is pretty good as well. And as I was looking at the Reborn cards, I'll have to bring them up again real quick. I was looking at the ones that we know of so far, and the only like I the only really bad one I think is Generous Mummy. Uh, the three mana five four with Reborn, your opponent's cards cost one less. I just don't get that card. I don't think that uh, I don't think it's going to see any play. So I would be really upset to get that one, but all of the others are fairly decent. And you might say, well, Andrew, what about like Mermy, the one mana one two, or you got Micro Mummy, a two mana one two, and Grand Mummy, two mana one two. There's lots of these really small minions. Yes, there are, but if you get any of those, they're gonna combo pretty well. Mermy obviously better than the other two, but the other two are okay. 
and you get some uh, some tempo off of them at least. So I think that that's fine. And then you've got the really big ones. So like Restless Mummy was the very first one we saw, the four mana three two with Russian Reborn. Uh, that's that's a fantastic card. And then Colossus of the Moon. I don't think you ever want to put that in your deck unless you're playing some kind of big oriented deck. But if you get it if you get it off of that effect, you could have worse cards than that in your hand. And then we've got a few others. The other one I wanted to talk about is a uh, four mana two five called Bone Wraith, and it has Taunt and Reborn. That was revealed this morning as well. And th- this card seems okay. You know, you think about four mana, uh, four mana minions with Taunt, and Serenite Chain Gang comes to mind. But I was also thinking of a three mana one, Phantom Militia, which gets you uh, gives you a few. So the four mana two five, you're just taking off one attack from uh, the other example, Sinjin Shield Master. And the fact that this is going to come back and be a 2-1 with Taunt is pretty good. I mean, it kind of is actually a uh, sludge sludge belcher. I wanted to call it sludge slurper, but I know that's the that's the murloc for shaman <laughs> anyway. So Bone Wraith kind of is a little bit cheaper version of that. You know, uh, the stats are inverted. Two attack to three attack, or excuse me, other way around. Three attack to two attack on this minion is, is kind of a big deal. There aren't a ton of minions that are going to have two health. Uh, three health does allow you to cut through quite a bit more. And then that um, that reborn minion being a 2-1 means that it dies to a ping from druid or mage or even rogue's weapon. So, um, so I don't know that you're going to see a lot of play with this, but off of the feral cat, I think that it's perfectly fine. And, uh, you know, if you have some min- or some things that can take advantages of Taunt, uh, like the Taunt Warrior that we're kind of starting to see fill out, um, then I-, I think that there are worse cards you get off of this. Bone Wraith is probably something you're mostly going to get off of the random effects, but you're not going to be, like, really upset to see it. I think it's going to be just a perfectly fine minion on its own. And then let's talk about just one more that I saw on here, uh, Conjured Mirage. This is a 4-mana 310 with Taunt. And it reads, at the start of your turn, shuffle this minion into your deck. Boy, is this a cool design on a card. Again, it's a three attack, 10 health for four, and it has taunt. At the start of your turn, shuffle this minion into your deck. So the idea with this, because this is sort of almost like Ancient Watcher, where you're like, well, why do you put this in your deck if it just you can't ever attack with it? That's true, but what this basically does is get 10 health in front of your opponent. And if your opponent cannot deal with that 10 health, then you shuffle this back in and then you're going to be able to play it again later. So immediately I thought of timeout for Paladin, which is the uh, the, car, the spell that gives your hero immune until, until the start of your next turn. And this card kind of does something similar. It's, it's softer because uh, there's only t- or there's 10 health that they have to get through, and they could use hard removal, so something like Shadow Word Pain would be an easy way to deal with this, or anything that just removes a minion, uh, period, would do that as well. Um, but if you put this up against something like a Token Druid or a Midrange Hunter, um, well, actually, they've got Deadly Shot, never mind. Put this in front of a token druid, and they're not going to have any easy way to deal with it. There's a really good chance that they just kind of have to not attack, essentially. So they just, uh, maybe they buff their board, uh, maybe they play some more minions, but you're not getting any damage that turn. So I, I think that this could be pretty interesting. Shuffle this minion into your deck means you could also do some shenanigans with Augmented Elec or uh, stuff like Tacnaz Whisker, potentially. Uh, those, that might be especially tough to combo with this, but 
Um, but I think that there's some Im interesting implications. Uh, and also, this helps you with your fatigue strategy as well. So if you're running a deck that just really wants to go long, uh, this card specifically will stall out for a turn, and then it'll go back into your deck so that you uh, you don't lose one fatigue. So uh, the card isn't super powerful on its own because it really just does one thing and then it's gone. But if you find these extra ways to take advantage of it, it could be interesting to throw into like a control deck or something like that. Uh, you know, you might be playing a certain uh, card that replaces your deck with cards, and then, uh, you know, just this helps your fatigue game. Uh, un not unendingly. Well, I guess unendingly, unless your opponent can kill it, and then it was just 10 health. But I, if you're just playing a 4-mana 3-10 with Taunt that can't attack, that's still a lot of stats. And uh, even Silence Priest uh, really likes this because I guess you just need one Divine Spirit in Inner Fire and you're doing, you're doing 20 damage. That's nothing to snuff at by any stretch. So some really interesting cards that we're seeing. And that leads us into the next part of the news, which is that the final reveal of cards will be Wednesday, July 31st at 10 a.m. Pacific on the official Play Hearthstone Twitch. We're going to be joined by Peter Whalen, Kibler, and Chris Sierra from the Hearthstone team. And we'll get to see most of the final cards. They'll probably do their Facebook dump like they typically do. Uh, actually, they've been... I, I don't know if you've been to the official Saviors of Old Doom website. It's just saviorsofolddoom.com. Uh, they've been doing a really good job at... They have an entire card database on there. I bet that that's probably their primary strategy this time is just revealing them on there. Uh, really pretty. You can see all the tokens and uh, in the flavor text and all of that. So, uh, so if you're listening to this episode as it's dropping, that's coming up uh, tomorrow. And if you're listening to this later, it's already happened. So <laughs> there's a very short uh, time window there. But uh, really excited that they're doing that. We didn't have one to kick off the reveal season, so I'm glad that they're uh, they're doing one of these because it's always fun to see uh, to see a personality and some of the people on the team actually talk about these cards and and stuff. I know they had uh, some technical difficulties in the last round with Rise of Shadows, but uh, glad that they're doing this again so they can uh, continue to get better because we like these. I like them at the end of the day, at least. So. Really excited for that. And then here's the other big piece of news. If you are going to join them for that, that's great. Why don't you join me and Wicked Good the very next night, Thursday, August 1st. We are for the first time going to live stream a review episode. And I'm so excited about this. Uh, this will be on my Twitch at twitch.tv slash andrewisliving. Uh, we'll be talking through around half of the cards. Typically, our first half takes a little bit longer because we have to explain what's going on. And uh, I don't know, it just takes us several cards to finally remember, oh, yeah, we need to really get through these pretty quick. So, uh, but, uh, but Wicked Good and I will be on my Twitch and we'll be recording that episode live. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Steve did some great work on the dev end, so we should be able to see the cards and stuff, which is great. Um, but yeah, really excited about this. Last time I was able to live stream a recording, it was a ton of fun. And so we'd love for you to join me again. That's Thursday, August 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, at twitch.tv slash andrewisliving. You can head over there and follow me, turn on notifications, and you'll get a notification if you're on Twitch uh, when we begin. 
Hopefully we'll get started around then and we'll actually kick off the episode maybe 15, 20 minutes. It's tough because when we do these so late uh, for Steve and especially when he's got work the next morning, I try to be respectful of that. So we got to get the ball rolling, but I would love for you to join us for that. It should be a really fun time. And uh, obviously if you want to hear all of our hot takes on the cards, it should be, uh, that's the best time to do it. And the other two things that are coming up in this next week, I'll remind you, if you're in the Colorado area, please join me and Rod Johnson from Tier 5 and Saucy Mailman from Into the Wild on Saturday, August 3rd from noon to 2 p.m. at Hearthstone Native Coffee Shop here in Colorado Springs. We'll be doing our Savers of Old Doom pre-release event. You'll be able to open up all your packs. We'll have some giveaways. It'll be a ton of fun, and I'll put a link for all of the details in the show notes over at thehappyhearthstone.com. Please come out, hang out with us. It'll be a really fun time. Always love getting to meet some new people who love the game and uh, just have fun opening our packs and stuff like that. And then finally, the last piece of news is the Savers of Old Doom should be released on August 6th. Let's pray to the gods of the pharaohs and all that stuff. And <laughs> everything goes according to plan on that. So much going on, so I'll just do a flyby of it again. Wednesday, July 31st, 10 a.m. Pacific is the final reveal stream on the official Play Hearthstone Twitch. Thursday, August 1st, at 8 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash Living. That'll be the first part of our review episode. And I would love to have you join us for that. And then Colorado Springs, Saturday, August 3rd, noon to 2 p.m. is our pre-release event. Savers of Old Doom releases August 6th. Usually that happens at 10, p- or 10, <laughs> 10 p.m. Can you imagine? 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, I am really excited to play with some new decks. And actually should have some decent time that week to really sink my teeth in. So... Cannot wait for that. And I will remind you for this quick sponsor break that if you would like access pre the episodes to all of Steve and I's thoughts about all of these cards, all it takes is joining our Patreon over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And starting at the $5 level, you can get access to those reviews. And uh, there's a lot to consume over there. Just reading through everything that we have. We give our uh, numeric scores so that when we jump into the episode, uh, we've actually, we've got a baseline at least to start off of, okay, I think we're going to start here, kind of our average, and then we talk through it. So uh, go check that out, especially if you're already on the Patreon. Be sure to uh, get all of the value that you get at that uh, at that level. And again, that's patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. You can check out to get a lot of stuff for yourself and support the show in the process. Okay, so let's talk about Rise of Shadows Meadow. What has this been? Well, uh, in order to know where we're going, I feel like you do need to know where you've been. And it's tough with these first uh, expansions of the year because they dictate so much of what the year has in store for us. The cards that were released in Rise of Shadows will be playable in Standard through the rest of this year and all of next year. So you think about the Witchwood cards that we are still seeing in Standard. Stuff like Militia Commander and Warpath, uh, Life Drinker was a big one, Dire Frenzy. Those cards are going to be around for a very long time. And I think that probably with this set, more than a lot of other sets that we've seen, I think that the the dev team did a really good job knowing, hey, we obviously we got to come out with cool cards, powerful cards, all of that, but we also have to be really careful for how we're changing the trajectory of things. 
And I think the biggest reason that is, is because Baku and Gen were a part of the Witchwood. And my goodness, with Rise of Shadows, with the new meta that we had, moving those guys into the Hall of Fame was the absolute right decision, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just cannot imagine a year where we're still going through odd and even decks. It, it was fun and inventive for a year, but goodness, we needed a break from that. So I'm really thankful that that was the decision that they that they made and uh, that they kind of learned, I guess, with this uh, with these sets. So. Um, it, it was interesting going back and looking through really effective decks during that time, like right before Rise of Shadows released, and thinking about what's come out since then. And that's pretty much what I wanted to talk through is sort of uh, what made the transition, what didn't make the transition, and what uh, maybe a little bit of hypothesizing around what could we expect with, uh, with Savers of Old Doom releasing. Uh, we we do need to see all of these cards. We need to start being able to theorycraft with everything at our disposal. We don't quite have that yet, so I, I won't spend as much time with that. But we'll talk about what made the cut and uh, what we can learn from those things, essentially. So, uh, you know, obviously Rip Priest, right? Priest has not been in a good place over the entirety of Rise of Shadows outside of Chef Nomi. Uh, that deck did have its time in the in the limelight. It wasn't ever the most powerful deck in the meta, but it did have some moments where it was. Uh, it, it certainly was competitive. And it was interesting thinking about Priest right before Rise of Shadows. We had Mechathune Priest, we had Wall Priest. Boy, howdy, do I not miss that deck. I don't think many people do. Um, and so Priest had a few actually pretty competitive uh, decks and... Just a lot of it was dependent on cards that had rotated out with Journey to Angoro, Knights of the Frozen Throne. I mean, Shadow Reaper Anduin especially was one of the more powerful Death Knights and basically gave you a win condition. Um, I think especially with Mind Blast rotating into the Hall of Fame, uh, Priest is really yearning for a win condition. And we'll see if they can get it with this next set. There's pretty powerful cards for Priest, it seems like. Um, and then thinking about the, the Baku and Gen decks, I mean, the big ones, especially at the end of these expansions, was were Odd Rogue, Odd Paladin was still a menace, Odd Warrior. So you had the most aggressive decks and the most controlly decks both sides. It was, uh, it was very polarizing. That was a word that was kind of being thrown around a lot. So uh, it's interesting just thinking about what if we were still dealing with those. I, I mean, I'm honestly thankful even just for reviewing a lot of these cards that I don't have to process. Okay, is this really going to fit into the odd and even decks? Because those were just uh, hands down the most effective ones in a lot of ways. So those are really big things that uh, were laid to rest, thankfully, in the Rise of Shadows meta. Uh, but then the question came up, did anything make it through? Were there decks that actually we did have prior to the Rise of Shadows releasing that were able to uh, either evolve or stay the course and uh, still do well? Well, Zoo was the first one that came to mind because Zoo, Zoo never dies, right? In fact, Zoo found a, an extremely powerful card in Magic Carpet. And I think that Magic Carpet is one of the cards from Rise of Shadows that is going to be the most uh, effective out of that entire set. I think it will see play all the way through next year, uh, as long as it remains untouched, you know. So Zoo was able to get a lot of strength from just a sing that single card. And uh, I, I would guess that there's more of a focus on one-cost cards also. You've got the Evil Recruiter, or the Evil Conscriptor. 
evil genius, evil conscriptors, the the priest card. I'm surprised I even remembered that name. So yeah, evil genius, the two mana two two that uh, you destroy a minion, you get two lackeys. I mean, it's just so so good with uh, when you're using the magic carpet. So more of an emphasis on those one cost minions. And uh, I, I think Zoo, Zoo just always finds a way, right? As long as Warlock has the hero power that it has, uh, Zoo is going to be effective and is going to be really powerful. Death Rattle Hunter was an interesting one. So you remember we were all just waiting for Deathstalker Rexar to take a hike because we could not handle building any more beasts. And Death Rattle Hunter actually was able to find a way kind of to make it through into Rise of Shadows. Now, it's not really the same because really it's more of a slow mech hunter, essentially. Death Rattle Hunter in its current stages uh, really utilizes cards like um, uh, Mechanical Whelp and Nine Lives to get a ton of value later in the game. And uh, Spider Bombs also are a part of that. So it's usually a mech build still, but it really uh, focuses on on those mechs that are on the higher end of the spectrum and stuff like that. So it is pretty different, honestly, but it's kind of the same in, in what it wants to do, which is just generate a ton of value and leave your opponent with no answers for mega minions coming at them. Another another deck that saw its way through was Midrange Hunter, and I've got to tell you, I am like beyond done with Midrange Hunter. Uh, as I've planned over the past week, it seems like Midrange Hunter has been at least a third of my matches, and uh, it's been really frustrating, honestly, because when they get Dire Frenzy on a Vicious Scale Hide or on an Unleash the Beast... Uh, and then they end up getting Zul'jin right on 10 and just get more value and draw stuff with Master's Call. It's just insane, and it is really hard to keep up with. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of ready for cards like Dire Frenzy to take a hike as well, and I wonder, I, I think Midrange Hunter has just been really powerful during this last span of the meta. So, uh, and it was pretty powerful beforehand, but now it's really taking its spot. So, Midrange Hunter, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about Rexar that I just, I, I have a tough time with. And I know lots of friends on Twitter love them some Hunter, whether it's mechs or beasts or whatnot. It's just not my flavor, I suppose. Or maybe I've just played too much because I did I did play some Face Hunter back in the day. And I just, I don't, I don't want to go down that road again. Don't make me do it. <laughs> Another interesting deck that's actually made it through is Holy Wrath Paladin. You remember this was a thing before Rise of Shadows released. Uh, because Shervalo was the thing that really made it happen. And with Holy Wrath, uh, those are the only two cards that technically you need. But Baleful Banker was a huge part of it as well and still is. So Holy Wrath Paladin with Christology has been interesting. Uh, this deck has never been a high win rate deck across the board. But in the hands of a player who really knows what they're doing, it still can be very effective. Uh, now with as many... Um, tech cards as we have to go against that kind of stuff. Uh, Holy Wrath Paladin is going to be tough probably this next expansion, but don't ever count it out. As long as it's got the tools that it needs, not every deck is going to be playing techs against that. So even though we've had Hecklebot and now we're getting uh, the Scorpion, I can't remember its name off the top of my head. Uh, there, there will be more against it, but it still could find a way, absolutely. Even with Baleful Banker, like it'll be fine, I think. So uh, Holy Wrath Paladin is one to keep your eye on, especially after Christology uh, buff happened and all of that. So 
those are most of the ones I thought of that made it through. We saw a ton of new decks. And, and again, this is mostly because Gen and Baku were gone, just made the room for all sorts of new stuff to happen. So Token Druid has been a deck for a long time, but it really hasn't been incredibly effective until this expansion. And uh, so seeing stuff like the Dreamway Guardians and Blessing of the Ancients, of course, Forest Aid was a huge pickup for that as well. Um, these cards just made Token Druid into something really important. And, uh, you know, since the very beginning of Rise of Shadows, that deck has been a force. And it's found some interesting innovations with like Mech Druid. So uh, specifically like Microtech Controller was a big part of that and seeing if magnetization worked. And I think overall, most people have swapped in these days to more of a Mech heavy build. But I think that the Treants and uh, just getting anything on the board is perfectly fine because, I mean, honestly, it's Savage Roar at the end of the day that, and Soul of the Forest, those kinds of cards that really give it legs um, and Force Aid. So uh, Token Druid has found its way to, to being one of the more powerful aggressive decks along with Mech Hunter. Mech Hunter wasn't really uh, terribly effective beforehand, but now it has really slotted in and draws from its ancestor of Face Hunter. I played a game the other day where turn six, I was absolutely dead, not even a chance, thanks to uh, my Mech Hunter opponent and me not drawing any removal that I needed. So, uh, so Mech Hunter is one of the most gas-heavy decks that you can play still. And I, I would bet, honestly, that this, along with Token Druid, aren't going anywhere the next set. Um, there's some interesting cards that potentially could uh, see some counterplay, make, uh, make control decks a little bit more effective. But I think as long as you have a deck that has a very aggressive strategy, you've got a very good chance of being able to do well against a majority of opponents, uh, especially on day one. These are going to be very effective because they are, they, they've been tested and approved over the past several months. So uh, if you are looking to do your best grinding on day, the first days and you don't care if you make a lot of enemies on the ladder, like me, uh, <laughs> these are decks that are going to be just fine for you. Uh, a big one also that was brand new to the scene was Lackey Rogue. And I still remember they did a pre-release uh, event thing on uh, the Play Hearthstone Twitch with many celebrity streamers and stuff like that. And I remember that, that Lackey Rogue was one of the more effective decks from that. And I remember coming away from that and saying, yeah, I just think that was an anomaly that didn't really work. Well, it worked. Uh, Evil Miscreant needed a, uh, needed a nerf. Uh, we even saw Raiding Party take a hit and Waggle Pick just like defined what a powerful rogue weapon is essentially. So they Rogue got a ton of tools this past expansion and Rogue has had lots of very powerful decks in the past. So uh, it was interesting to see it have its day. And even today now, it's more of a Spirit of the Shark build, uh, taking advantage of a lot of lackeys with battle cries and other cards with very powerful battle cries. In fact, I'm reliving these um, these terrible games that I had from the past week. I actually still won this one, thankfully, but I had a rogue down to I think four health, and they played. Sp uh, they had Spirit of the Shark on board, and I couldn't take care of it. And the next turn, they played Life Drinker, Life Drinker, Shadow Step, Life Drinker, and I think that healed them up to 24, if I'm uh, not mistaken. I guess it was six for each one. No, that would have been 18 health that they got. So they must have been a like six health or something like that. It was just utterly disgusting that they were able to get that much health in one turn. <laughs> uh, 
Um, thankfully, I had exactly lethal that next turn, so uh, very, very close. But yeah, Lackey Rogue is probably not going anywhere either. Rogue hasn't gotten a ton of cards this expansion that look like they're going to further those strategies. In fact, uh, looking at the rogue cards, it's been a little bit, uh, been a little bit weird. And I'm glad that these cards aren't going to fit the mold. They're going to push different builds. In fact, a Mechathune Rogue could be a thing, especially with Anka the Buried coming out. Um, but it should be interesting. And I, I guess there are some uh, with Pharaoh Cat and Bizarre Mugger. There are some interesting ways to get new. Um, new cards from other classes so maybe that tempo burgle rogue is more of a thing uh, going forward as well uh, of course i have to talk about the uh, the boogeyman here or the boogie woman depending on uh, who your hero or who you are is and that's a cyclone mage and conjurer's mage so i am really i honestly i'm at a place right now and i don't see a lot of this deck on the ladder but i know how powerful it is and how I, I mean, honestly, I probably just need to commit to learning this deck for the rest of the month if it really is that powerful. But using Conjurer's Calling with your Mountain Giant is absolutely insane. Uh, knowing that you're getting a Grave Horror or just double your Mountain Giant uh, leads to unwinnable game states for your opponent, which is great for you, but really difficult for that game to actually feel like it was uh, very fair. And honestly, the biggest thing that is going in Cyclone or Conjurer's Mage favor is the release of Colossus of the Moon, which is the 10-mana 10-10 with Divine Shield and Reborn. I'm really nervous, unless we see some other cards that do something very different, uh, that this just makes that pool even better. Sea Giant is a, is a key target also for those Conjurer's builds, and if 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 this Divine Shield and Reborn minion is in that pool and there aren't as many other uh, minions, it's just, ugh, I think it's asking for a real problem. So I'd be surprised if we don't see some kind of change, especially if it's as powerful as I think it's going to be on day one uh, for uh, for that week or so. Uh, yeah, Mana Cyclone, boy, that thing with Elemental Evocation has just been a beast, essentially. It's an Elemental, but it's a beast, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, it should be interesting to see how that deck continues to evolve. And again, with mages, I don't know that there was a ton that was that we've seen so far that, that specifically takes advantage of that. I guess Raid the Sky Temple is the new quest, and it seems like it makes a lot of sense just to continue to be a spell generator, essentially, for them. Uh, of course, we've got our tortoise friend that I don't want to talk about at all because we'll we'll have a, a good combo about that, I'm sure, on the review episodes. But it should be interesting to see how Cyclone Mage goes on. Let's talk about a deck that nobody is is really excited about, though. Even the purveyor and uh, I, I want to say like the greatest champion of this deck going into the Rise of Shadows meta, which was Bomb Warrior. Uh, I can't believe still that Bomb Warrior has been as effective as it was. I mean, we saw these bomb effects before, and we thought the Blastmaster Boom might be a nice payoff, but it probably wasn't going to be as effective as you want it to be, even with Wrench Caliber and Clockwork Goblin. Boy, was that wrong. Bomb Warrior is just, it, it's exactly what its name suggests. It's a ticking time bomb that if you shuffle enough of these into your opponent's deck, uh, there is a timer on the game and they have to figure it out or they have to get a ton more health and that can be very difficult to do. So I, I kind of knew going into this uh, Savers of Old Doom set, there's no way that they're going to add in more support for that. So we've seen some taunt mechanics, we've seen some more lackey mechanics, even more of an aggressive mechanic with the with the new quest. 
So, and combos also with the uh, the Bloodsworn Mercenary. I believe we talked about that last week on the show. So Warrior has a lot of different places to go, but the thing with Bomb Warrior is that it has a direct counter to any of the Highlander decks that come up with the League of Explorers cards. And the thing to remember with that is that you were going to have to shuffle at least two bombs into your opponent's deck in order to do that. You shuffle one bomb, and they still only have one of each card in their deck. It's once you get to two or more uh, that you can actually have that effect on them. So I think it because it's so um, it's so powerful. I mean, Bomb Warrior has had a lot of power for a long time over the course of this set. It is uh, it is continue going to continue to be a menace even without any new cards being in that deck. I think it is probably going to be the most played deck on day one. So uh, I, I would suggest going for something far more aggressive like the Token Druid or Mech Hunter if you really want to make sure that you're winning those games. Because I think a lot of people are going into this meta saying, "Oh, people are going to try uh, you know Reno deck or uh, Elise deck or Brand deck." And I'm going to thwart him with Bomb Warrior. I don't even care. Why don't you not even care and take the step further and and just kill him quick uh, with your own uh, mech hunter there. And then Control Warrior is the other one to bring up because uh, that, you know, was a big problem, especially with the Masters Tour qualifiers, because a lot of people were bringing uh, just grindy control decks uh, that had no end in sight. And there actually were some control tools that are coming out with this new set, especially the uh, Plague for Warrior, the five mana Plague of Wrath, destroy all damaged minions. I think it's a very strong uh, AOE spell that's just going to make control decks uh, even stronger. So it should be interesting to see if Control Warrior continues to be the herald of long games. Uh, you know, Mech Paladin and Control Shaman, I think, still have some room to grow. So, um, so Garrosh won't be the only one um, that's uh, that's taking the throne of controlling the entire metagame necessarily. Um, but yeah, those are all of the new decks that I was thinking of. They kind of have had a really prominent uh, state in the meta uh, during this time frame. I hope I hit all of your favorite decks. I'm sure I hit on some decks that you're kind of sick of as well because, you know, at the tail end of a rotation like this, it's about time for us to to just be ready for new cards. And it's great that we have new cards coming very, very quickly. Uh, Nothing but green skies ahead, I hope. Uh, You know, and I will remind you that the team has been very quick to solve problems in the past, especially in regards to like Rastakhan's Rumble when they came out with those Druid nerfs so quick uh, against like Nourish and Wild Growth and stuff. So I'm, uh, I, I have very high hopes that there's going to be uh, any changes that need to happen in the game uh, will happen. But we do have to kind of see. I know I'm, I sort of threw some shade at stuff like Cyclone Mage uh, being maybe too powerful. But, uh, but who knows what's going to happen when this new set gets released. It really could be anything. And I'm hopeful that it will change and that if it doesn't, that uh, that they will make the changes necessary in order to keep the game fresh for us. So, yeah, really excited about all of that. Hey, how about we talk about a card of the week? Right, here we go. And and I, I wanted to bring some summer vibes your way because it's just great and uh, beautiful outside these days, at least where I'm at. So here we go. Wouldn't it be nice if I could delay this game into extreme lengths of time? And wouldn't it be nice if I could for sure have this deck last for that whole line? So this card makes me replace my deck. 
But if I don't have one, the reward is profit. Oh, archivist Elysiana gets me. She makes sure I have just what I need. And if you don't like that, I just played her. Well, then I'll just see you in fatigue. Getting ten more cards is crazy good. You can't keep up with this unless you've got Shutterwalk too. Oh, what was the point of that? So Archivist Elysiana, 9 mana 7-7 seven, seven from Rise of Shadows, Battlecry, legendary neutral minion, I should say. Battlecry is discover five cards, replace your deck with two copies of each. So I thought it'd be interesting reviewing the past three months of, um, of expansion that we've had and looking at what was the most popular card from Rise of Shadows. And this may not be true over the past three months, but what I did is I went to hsreplay.net slash cards, and I looked at the past 14 days, what is the most played card from that set percentage-wise in decks? And Archivist Elysiana, surprisingly, honestly, was at the very top of that list. Uh, if you're interested, the ones below that were Omega Devastator, Evil Cable Rat, Conjurer's Calling, and Evil Miscreant. So I think that this probably favors some of the, new, or the legendary cards because uh, you can only have one, but uh, maybe it doesn't, honestly. So yeah, Archivist Elysiana, obviously, you know, it's talking about control builds and uh, Control Warrior in particular is able to just grind out the game and being able to play Elysiana and not go into fatigue when your opponent does is a huge upside. But as I mentioned in the song, Control Shaman, honestly, I think they're one of their biggest uh, biggest strengths is the fact that if you hold on to Shutterwalk until after you've played Elysiana, you get a second go at that. So... Uh, there's no way that a control warrior can keep up with you in that specific circumstance. Um, you know, they, they always find a way. We always find it. Well, especially with uh, Dr. Burbat Genius, honestly, uh, because you can get infinite value. But if you've got Hagatha the Witch on your side, uh, you can also get just a ton of spells that might, might help you to stay in the game as well. So kind of a, uh, a battle of the hero cards in that uh, in that scenario. So Archivist Elysiana, I'm glad that they swapped it to nine mana. You remember when it was eight and you just Baleful Banker it? Ugh, that was, yeah, that was disgusting. As a nine mana card, it's still fine. And uh, we haven't had the issue we thought we might have with uh, those mirrors, just uh, whoever has the coin wins with Baleful Banker. You, you just can't afford a Baleful Banker uh, in the hopes that you'll be the 50% that gets the coin. And uh, yeah just can't work out. So I think Elysian is a, far, a fair card and it will definitely always see play as long as control decks are trying to get to fatigue, which is what control decks want to do. So she will probably be one of those cards that sees a lot of play in the control heavy metas and uh, just kind of takes a hike otherwise, I guess. So yeah, we'll see how the meta develops. Uh, her, her inclusion in it is very dependent on that. So thank you so much for joining me in this last episode of the Rise of Shadows meta. I want to remind you, as always, as we close out, that you are the happy Hearthstone. I, the whole reason that this uh, this podcast has existed from the very beginning is to connect you with everyone else in this great community. So I want to highlight the ways that you can do that and that you should do that, honestly. 
Uh, if you have not joined our Discord yet, go to thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord and click on the link there, and that will direct you to our Discord where we're talking about decks. I think especially with this new meta, uh, there will be a lot of activity there talking about deck ideas and theory crafting and uh, sharing what's working for one another and stuff like that. So please go and do that. It's completely free, and it allows you to connect with other like-minded people who enjoy the show and enjoy the game. So you should definitely do that. And if you're looking to up your game, there's no better place, of course, than the Happy Hearthstone Patreon. And the Inner Fire in particular is my inner circle of people that I'm helping to get better at ranked play. In fact, we're going to have an Inner Fire uh, deep dive this week about how I, how I spend my time during my deep uh, ladder sessions. So the things that I go through, kind of my routine, getting ready and then also while playing games. And I think this is going to be really tactile and helpful, especially if you're, uh, you know, you're wanting to get to your next uh, ladder rank or your next floor, uh, you know, looking ahead at the Savers of Old Doom release, there's a lot of things you can learn. And so joining the Inner Fire at only $10 a month allows you to connect and be a part of that inner circle and get even more in-depth uh, stuff from the Discord and from me with these, uh, these deep dives. So go check it out. And I have to send a huge thank you, as always, to the producers of the Happy Hearthstone, Menot, KJ Miller, and Brian O. Thank you three so much for your support, and I'm really excited about uh, just the new season with the new sets and stuff. I know you guys are really excited about that. And I'm I'm also thrilled we are actually adding a fourth producer this next month as well. So can't wait to see how the show continues to grow. And uh, I, I, I truly, I just counted an honor to be able to create anything and for people to listen to it. Um, but really being able to contribute and add value to your life is a huge honor. And I couldn't do that in the way that I do uh, without you three support, Menach, KJ, and Brian. So thank you so much for being producers. And I uh, want to remind you about a few other things really quick. These are all things that if you're new, you may not know. And if you do know and you haven't done them, come on. You're sitting on gold here, okay? Uh, please go and leave a review on iTunes for the show to let other people know what you enjoy about it. I love being able to read those on the show and just know kind of that things are on the right track, that you're enjoying it, what you're enjoying about it, and it helps other people to find the show. So if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, it's just a few taps and you can leave that review really, really quickly. Or if you're on your computer, just go to iTunes and you can search for the show and do it there as well. Uh, and if you do that, shoot me an email at thehappyhearthstoneatgmail.com and I will include you in a raffle for a free hour of coaching as well. Uh, and that is open for anyone who's ever left a iTunes review. You just need to let me know during each drawing session that you want to be entered. So you can do that. And then also I will be uh, giving away seven packs of your choice uh, during the first half of the uh, Savers of Old Doom review episode. So if you want to be in on that, all you have to do is join the Happy Hearthstone newsletter, which is absolutely free. You go to thehappyhearthstone.com slash newsletter, excuse me, sign up there, and then uh, I'll be doing the drawing for that. You also get a bonus entry if you're a patron of the show as well. So uh, so go and do that. Can't wait to give away some packs. I'm sure they're going to be Savers of Old Doom, but it's up to you what you want. So... Uh, that is all the free and cool ways that you can support the show. Be sure to follow me if you're not already on Twitter at Andrew is Living. I'm giving some hot takes of the, the cards that are releasing there. And uh, also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Andrew is Living. Again, we'll be doing the live recording of that first half on Thursday 
at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So, uh, and that will be on my Twitch. So please join us there. And if you'd like to join me for a future episode of the show, I would love to have you. Uh, just send me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com or you can just let me know what's on your mind, any questions you have for the show, things you'd like to see in future episodes. I love hearing that stuff. I love connecting with you. So whatever way is most convenient for you, you just do it and I can't wait to hear from you. So I hope you enjoy this action-packed week as we all get ready and brace ourselves for whatever evil lies in the tombs of Old Doom. Should be a great time. I can't wait to see all these cards and review them with Steve very soon. It's an exciting time. It's also a draining time because there's a lot of content uh, I'm creating around now. But I hope you all have an amazing week. Can't wait to see you uh, very soon for the Savers of Old Doom uh, card review. So hopefully I'll see you there Thursday night or I'll see you on Saturday here in Colorado uh, or I'll see you in the Twitter sphere. Wherever I see you, I can't wait. I love you very much. And thank you so much for visiting the happy hearthstone and having a little fun with us i'll see you next time Hey, happy Arson listeners. Just want to remind you also about the pre-order deal that I found. If you haven't checked this out yet, it's not too late to pre-order Saviors of Old Doom as long as it hasn't been released yet. I guess if you're listening to this after it's been released, it is too late. But for most of you, uh, it hasn't been released yet. And you can actually get the single player of Saviors of Old Doom for free if you follow the steps that I've outlined over at a blog post at thehappyhearthstone.com. And you'll support the show in the process. It's the best possible deal. I've actually done this for, I think, the past five expansions whenever I pre-order. This is the exact process I use to save money. And it's uh, it's just great. Uh, now that they are starting to charge for the single player, that you can actually get it for free by following these steps. It's basically using Amazon and their app store. Uh, it's pretty simple. It just takes a few steps to actually get through. And being able to support the show is a great perk too. So I, I love being able to resource you with ways you can save money and then it doesn't cost you anything extra to basically uh, throw a little tip my way as well. So if that's you and you haven't pre-ordered but you want to, uh, just go and check it out over at thehappyhearthstone.com. Scroll down to the blog post and, and the newest one says how to get the single player free with your pre-order. Check it out. Use the links there to help support the show and I uh, can't wait for Savers of Old Doom to release. I'm sure you can't either. Again, go check it out, thehappyhearthstone.com, and I'll see you next week.